<laughs> Amen. Take your Bibles. Go somewhere. Anywhere is good. We clean off all this uh, paraphernalia that these people leave up here. I tell you what, I had a good day. I really got to go home and and Beth had her birthday celebration. We took. Uh, hey, brother, I think these things are dead. Batteries are dead. Uh, I don't know. You didn't tell me I was going to have to be a technician here. Nope, you don't. No, you do. I just didn't push the button right. Oh, look at that. It works. He troubleshoot that. See, that's all you got to be. Sometimes, that's a really good example right there, bro. That's a really great example. Sometimes all you need to do is be the fingers for what God needs done. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes the Lord knows exactly what's doing. He knew exactly what was going. Hey, got him in there, right? Look at it, check it. Here I am up here. He didn't. He didn't really. He didn't want to walk from back there up to here to fix it. I know what the problem is. But he could sit there and say, Hey, you know what you got to do? Sometimes just be smart enough or intelligent enough to do what you're told to do. And guess what? It works. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> take your Bibles. Take your Bibles. Go to John 14:1. Familiar, very familiar passage. I've been reading it, mulling over this for a while, and I was going to do it this morning, but then Brother Dave came in, so I let him preach. Uh, I talked to him the other day, and, and uh, he's a blessing, brother. I'll tell you what, that, that guy's, uh, he's just trying to do what God says do, and you can't beat that at all. Three little verses, 18 pages, we'll be done. We'll, like they say, we'll hit the home. Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Uh, thank you for a passage in the Bible, Lord, as, as old as the Bible is. Uh, this passage has been there. one of the favorite passages uh, in, the, in the book of John, Lord. And then in this chapter, Lord, probably one of the... the the leading passages in this uh, chapter. Now, Lord, I just pray now that you would uh, open our eyes to the Word of God and, and make our ears attentive. Lord, uh, touch our hearts with the Word tonight, Lord, that uh, no matter what goes on on this planet, Lord, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Lord, you're in charge of it all, and, and uh, you said some things that uh, I just pray that you'd help me bring out tonight. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. For those that aren't here, Lord, I pray that you give them a blessing. I know there's some trying to watch from home. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you continue to bless them where they're at. And those that couldn't make it for whatever other reason, Lord, I just pray that you touch them. Give them something or a place to go tonight. Lord, we got some families that are uh, out on the road. I just pray that you give them traveling mercies, get them uh, to where they're going, the destination safely, and then back here safely. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, John's sitting here talking. John wrote this thing in, in, in 92, about 92, 93 A.D., somewhere out there in the 90s. Uh, and he sit there, and when he wrote this, he, he wrote it by the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about it. The Holy Spirit told him exactly what to write. He wrote it. The, the verse starts out, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. Up to this point, up to this point in the Bible, and I, what really stunned made me start looking at this as a different, uh, just a different angle, uh, is in, uh, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. He's talking to his disciples. They're all with him. Last supper's over. He's done washed their feet. He's done, done a couple things. Uh, he's, he's basically coddled his disciples up to this point. Uh, he's like, little, like a, a shepherd, you know, guiding his flock, taking care of his little lambs. 
Uh, he took care of his disciples, and one of them was a devil, and he took care of all of them. Uh, they really haven't been up to any, any uh, distress or uh, distraught or nothing. They were under Herod, and, and they did have the Roman government over them, but they, he was protected uh, for, the, for the whole length of time where the Lord started getting these men and putting this uh, little group of people together. They were protected, but the time is starting to change. And from the beginning of his ministry at 30 years old, Jesus Christ started doing something, and his disciples were watching him. And I want to go just real quickly through a couple things. Uh, he picked up the first disciple there in, first John, in, in John chapter 1, verse 35. Uh, he turned the water into wine in, in uh, John chapter 2. Uh, his mother came to him and said there wasn't any, and he, that was the first miracle he did. Uh, then in, down in, uh, in Samaria, the woman at the well, he, he got there. He said, I must need to go through Samaria. And he came, and his disciples were watching all that. And they're, they're learning a couple things because he, in that passage, everybody said, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God. Now, brethren, the hardest thing you'll ever do is these men for 1,500 years have listened to Moses being preached. And now here's a bunch of young men coming up. They're fishermen, but their history and their families and their grandparents and their great-grandparents and as far back as you can go, everybody was Moses, 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 the law, the law, the law. Jesus Christ said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. That's a hard thing to do. Because all of a sudden, you got to change your mind off of one God to now there's a, a man standing in front of me that says, trust me. He keeps going. He's teaching. You know, how much, when you stop and think about it, how much proof or evidence would you possibly need to believe he's who he says he is? These men have seen some things that's just unbelievable. Uh, when that woman at the well, I mean, it stunned her that Jesus Christ knew about her five husbands. And he goes, and the one you're married to now is not your husband. You've been married five times before. I guess that makes six. And I'm sitting there laughing at the thing, and the Lord knows the whole scenario. And his disciples come up, and they're marveling that he's talking to this woman. Then they cruise on down a little bit later, and Simon's mother, he goes to his house, and and Jesus is looking for some supper, and his mother is sick, and, and he goes up to Simon's mother-in-law and heals her. And she gets up and waits on him. Leper came, and he heals him with his leprosy. Time and time again, Jesus healed people all the way through there. They brought him unto a paralytic, and he healed the paralytic. In Capernaum, he, he come up, and here's Matthew, the tax collector, sitting there. See, we always hear the story about Paul, but Matthew was a great guy too. You know, Matthew really wasn't one that was stuck out like a sore thumb, but you got the gospel of Matthew, but Matthew never sticks out throughout the entire gospels. Even the book he writes, he never sticks out anywhere that, that he is something special. And yet he, one of the books of the New Testament of the 27 books is his. And he sits there and, and the Lord says, follow me. And he got up and left his job and just went after Jesus. You know what that tells me? That that man, there's some stuff going on in his heart that he was looking for something more than what he had. And sometimes, brother, I think we quit looking and we think we've found what we're looking for and we quit looking for what we're missing. We're missing something. And Jesus is trying to show him. He says, guys, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, Simon's wife, they brought him a paralytic. I got that, I got that. Uh, he rose the, uh, the woman's son at Nain. I mean, that's, that was... What a story. That is just unbelievable. It's not unbelievable for him, but here's a woman that going through the turmoil of, of burying her son, and she's going out the gate with him on, and they're taking him out there on a beer, and they're all carrying him out there, getting ready to leave his body out there. And Jesus walks by and stops him, and 
I mean, and he just touches them. And that little boy, that boy, young man, whatever he is, 15, 16, 17 years old, I don't know how old he is, he gets up and sits up there, man, and he starts wiggling around and, and jumps down off that thing, and he's ready to go back to work. In Jerusalem, he, he appoints the 12 disciples. He picks the 12, and one of them's the devil. He sets some things up, and these guys are watching all this stuff, but all the way through here, he's protecting them and protecting them and protecting them from any harm. They've never, they never really dealt with anything as far as any adversities or, or, or pain in their hearts or anything else. And they, weren't, they, weren't, they were confused, and they're trying to figure this thing out, and they know, they know who he is, but to have God stand before you you have to understand, you got to give these men uh, some, some benefit uh, of, of doubt, not doubt, I guess, uh, some compassion. Uh, they had been taught for 15, 1,600 years, and that's what they believe, and you can't mess with the Gentiles, and then all of a sudden, here's a man who says he's, he's uh, the son of God, yet he does everything that he's supposed to do, and he does things nobody else, nobody's healed the blind, nobody's brought the dead back. That centurion's servant, man, he healed that guy and did it from a distance. The woman, the woman with the alabaster box came up and busted it and, and put the stuff on. She knew. They knew who he was. They watched this time and time again. Uh, he began to say to his disciples that he had to go and, and he's going to die, but they didn't understand it. Jesus rebukes the storm. Uh, I don't know about you, but you get out in some of these storms. I was watching a storm watcher program, and the guy was out there playing. What's amazing to me is he was out there chasing tornadoes. And he was looking at the clouds, and he was looking at all the clouds. He said, here's a supercell, and this could do this, and it, and it could twist, and it's going to start right here. And pretty soon, a little bit later, a tornado popped out of that thing. And he could do that, and he was, he was hooping and hollering, whoa, yeah, look at that, there's a tornado. I'm thinking, that thing's going to come down. It's going to hit somebody's field or somebody's house, or it's going to kill some people. And here's this moron shouting about the thing because he's a storm chaser, taking pictures and trying to get data. But he was excited about what he was doing. And I thought, what is wrong with us? How come we're not excited about what we're doing? How come we don't make a reality program about searching out, finding Jesus? I don't know, man. I'm not saying you should do that. I don't know if it'd turn out right. Uh, but I'm just, I look at that thing, and I'm sitting there, and they're nuts. I mean, I look at that thing, I'm like, you're out of your mind. And he goes, and those, these guys, they split up, and they both go chase two different storms. So I'm like, you guys are sick. You're just sick. But I, I was like, they got, some, they got some guts, man. And they know exactly what they're doing. They're excited about what they're doing. That's what we need to be. You know what? These disciples were sitting there. Supper was ended and Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. He knew their hearts were troubled inside. You know, we have, we have some troubled hearts today. I know we're troubled. I like Brother, Brother Yoakum preach that message today on joy. And, and troubling, troubling spirits will cause you to lose your joy. And Brother, in this day and age, you need to get that joy. You need to keep it. Uh, Jesus rebukes that storm. And and I, I, could you imagine the guys out there? I'd have loved to see that, him walking in Arizona or Arkansas and a big supercell and a big old fat tornado getting ready to drop down. And these guys all excited. Jesus says, peace, be still, and the sunshine comes out. I mean, that would mess up their day, man. I thought that would be cool. But that's what he could do. And these men watched that. They watched him time and time just do that over and over again. Uh, the herd of many swine, they run down 2,000 swine. Uh, the maniac of Gadara was all tickle pink about that. But hey, the owners of the swine weren't too happy because they just lost a big herd of swine. The Jews didn't care because they can't eat pig anyways. That's okay. I, we can eat it on my diet. I can eat bacon. This, this is a terrible diet. I can only eat bacon twice a week. And one slice of bacon. The thick, well, Beth said the thick bacon. Are you sure it's thick? She don't care. 
Well, I made, I made eggs the other day, and she bought a bunch of thick bacon. And it was real, real thick stuff. And I, I then Jesse, or Esther brings out this little pack of thin, thin sliced bacon. I'm like, well, that's, I'm going to use four slices. I said, I ain't going to use no two of them at all, man, because it was like half of what the other one. They were like paper-thin thing. And then my kids send me this, 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 this uh, gift or whatever it is, and, and somebody's slicing bread, and it's Donald Duck, I think, and he sliced it. I mean, paper-thin. I can't even have paper-thin bread. I mean, it's terrible. But that's okay. One of these days, that pig, I tell you, 133 days from now, I'm going to eat pig. I'm going to eat a Big Mac and a Whopper at the same time, only if they were within my diet. Uh, I think you ought to do that. That's a, that's a, you're looking for joy. You got to have joy, man. <laughs> got to have something to look forward to in this world, man. I'll tell you what, that herd of swine, man, they go down there and they all commit piggicide. Uh, Jarius' daughter, she was dead, and he goes and brings her back to life, and they watch this stuff, and, and the woman with, with a flow, of, she comes up and touches him and says, look, if I could just, if I could just touch, I've been, I've been in this problem for 12 years, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, uh, I, she didn't tell nobody. She just got in that crowd somewhere crawling through there and touched that garment. And then Jesus said, who touched me? And her, her blood staunched and said her, her blood went staunched up and dried up. She was well. She knew from inside her she was healed. And boy, he said, who touched me? And she goes, I did, I did. <laughs> don't hit me, don't hit me. Man, I, we have the wrong idea about Jesus, brother. I mean, I think, I think the world does. The world does. He opened the blind man's eyes. He opened the mute's mouth. He sent his disciples out with authority. The first real tragedy was when John the Baptist was beheaded. And his disciples started seeing something that's getting ready to happen that, that they didn't really understand. And, and some of those disciples of Jesus were John's disciples at the beginning. And when Jesus walked by, he goes, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And man, them guys went right after him found out where he lived and talked to him, and they left John and went with him. Uh, the disciples returned after feeding 5,000. Could you imagine? I mean, a couple loaves of bread. Now, I'm talking about some history behind these men, what they have watched, uh, and you still have to give them some consideration on, on their history with the church or with the synagogues and with the Jewish religion. It's hard. It's, if you're going to go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ that they're Roman Catholic, you better remember it's, it's going to be hard for them to let go of that. If they've been indoctrinated into the Presbyterian or the Pentecostal churches and, they, and they, they're taught this stuff and taught this stuff, it's going to be hard to get them back. The younger you can deal with them, the better off they are. But just, just have some patience with them like the Lord had with us. Uh, that's what you got to do. Then he come walking on the sea, man. I tell you, I, I read a story about an admiral. I, they said it was Nimitz and MacArthur. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but they were out uh, fishing together and they hung out together quite a bit. And they go out in a rowboat and they're out there in the middle of the lake and the rowboat tumps over because one of them stood up and did some stuff and they capsized and, and Magar, or Nimitz, looked, Nimitz was an admiral and he looked at MacArthur, which was an army, or, or, an, or a general. He said, look, don't tell everybody uh, in the Navy, don't tell the news media that I can't swim, man. I mean, if they find out I can't swim and me being an admiral in the Navy, he goes, I'm in trouble. MacArthur looked at him and said, don't worry about it. If you won't tell, if I won't tell on you, don't tell them I can't walk on water because everybody thinks I can. But here's Jesus did it, man. I mean, that guy actually, our Lord and Savior actually was walking down through there like nothing was the matter. In the storm, it didn't matter to him at all. Then the disciples see him and, and he comes on. He says, I must go to Jerusalem and be killed. He heals a blind man at Bethsaida. Then he, feed, he feeds 4,000 along the way. 
he was transfigured. I mean, could you imagine going up on the side of a mountain? And he says, hey, John, James, and Andrew, or John, James, and Peter, come with me, and we'll take you up on the side of the mountain. And all of a sudden, you see him start glowing, and his clothes, I mean, just go white. And then two men pop up, and they're standing right next to him. It's Moses and Elijah, and they're sitting there talking. And then a cloud overshadows him and says, and my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the, the hardness or the, the impossibility of those young men trying to let go of their background, their history. And I, I understand why people, you know, we need to learn to have grace with one another because it's hard. We don't know what's in somebody's background. And we don't know what it's going to take for them to actually be able to let go of what's back there. To follow somebody that they should. I got it. We should. I got it. But have you ever thought that maybe it's just not as easy as it sounds? It's easy to say something, but to do what we say is a whole lot harder than what it seems. The example's right here. And the Lord is sitting there. He keeps on going. He says, the miracle, how about that fish, man? He says, I wish I could find somebody like that. Go catch a fish and open the first fish you catch, man. I like it. He didn't say the 10th fish or just a fish or you catch a bunch of fish, open them in your mouth, eventually. No, he didn't say nothing like that. He said, go throw your hook in. He didn't even say put bait on it. He said, throw your hook in. The first fish you catch, bring it back. Open his mouth. There'll be enough money there for you and me both. Not enough for Andrew and, and uh, John and James, but there's going to be enough for me and you. And we're going to let them worry about themselves. I don't know if they ever got their taxes paid. I don't know what they did. But, but he does exactly what he's told. He opens up, sees that, and the money's right there. He pays it. Then they, then they start thinking about who's the greatest. The hardest thing we'll ever do in life is let go of foolish pride. There's none greater. There's, there's nobody great in here. There's nobody great on this planet. The only one that was ever great was Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter is not great. Peter is just a man like you and I were. Uh, I studied under Dr. Rubman. He was just a man. He'd tell you he's just a man. I tell you, when he stepped out of the pulpit, totally different man. You can see the difference of the head of God. Like as he's walking over, you can see that hand going right on top of his head. And his countenance changed. But when he walked out of that pulpit, man, he was just a man. Many nights at school, he'd leave school and go down to the bay to go fishing. And one night he went fishing before class was over. <laughs> he had a class and, and uh, it was nine o'clock, so he thinks he's done. So he heads out to go to the bay to go uh, net fishing for mullet. He liked mullet fishing. And then they had to chase him down uh, Palafox to go find him. They finally found him, brought him back, and we're all sitting there in class. We're hoping he don't come back. Go fishing, man. We just want a night off. Now, you see those guys, and they're just humans. All of them are human. Paul was just a human. He wasn't he wasn't this great orator. You see all these men out there, and they're always trying to change the Word of God, and they're always trying to write something new and, and do And they're not really trying to help anybody. They're just trying to puff themselves up and say, look what I know, and look what I did. And then he appointed 70 others to go out, and he two by twos and sent them out, and they went out and started healing people and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and, and then, when that, if that wasn't enough, he comes into Jerusalem on his triumphant entry, and they, they spread uh, stuff all over the place and palms and everything else. And he gets in, they, they lift him up. He enters the temple. He sees what's going on in there and he makes a cat uh, or a, uh, a whip basically and runs everybody out and drives them out of the temple. He heals the blind and the lame, people with withered hands. He heals them. They watch all this. That widow, he was in the temple and he's sitting there watching. He goes, I want to show you all something. He stopped everybody. Man, I love that story. I, I think I'm, that's going to be the last thing I ever say in my life is I want to be like that widow. She threw in her two mites and she gave everything she had. 
That right there meant more to the Lord than all the money that everybody's given before and after that little girl, that old lady right there is given. I'll bet you from that day forward, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, uh, but I would almost, almost guarantee that the way the Lord did what he did, that lady never suffered for anything ever again from that day forward. He made sure somebody was around her. Let not your heart be troubled. You know what our problem is, is we start worrying about too much stuff. And we start, start really trying to figure the thing out. And what you do is you, you can't figure it out. He washes, he just gets done washing their feet. I'm up to where, just about where I want to start in this thing. It's only, only a couple things now and I'm done. He says, let not, John 14, 1. He looks at his disciples. Supper's ended. Don't wash their feet. He said, let not your heart be troubled. They were just about ready to be left by him. He's getting ready to leave. And to them, it's going to get dark and cold real quick. They're not going to know what's going to happen. Things are going to start changing in their lives. Uh, the, the Pharisees and the scribes have got Jesus, and they put him on a cross here shortly. And once that happens, Jesus knows that they're going to come after the disciples and, and the followers of Christ, and that's exactly what Paul did. Paul, Paul was a, a very aggressive uh, Pharisee, I mean, you're talking about somebody who, who loved his job. He was like those storm chasers. Paul thought what he was doing was right. You can't, I can't knock somebody who thinks what they're doing is right and they do it. I can't knock them for that. Uh, if they're wrong, you try to help them get them right again. But I, I like to see somebody with some enthusiasm in their life about what they're doing. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they get enthused about something and they just don't, you get involved in something pretty soon, you get enthused with it and you just go with it and you, you put your whole effort in it. You have the ability to do some great things if you ever get a hold of it. But he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Like, I know your heart's going to be troubled. Or I know your heart is troubled. But let not your hearts be troubled. They're going to lose the guidance of Jesus Christ here shortly. They're going to lose it. And when he is withdrawn, they're going to, they're going to go into the nightmare. They're not, their master, their head, is going to be taken from them. They're going to lose him. They really haven't got that. First of all, they haven't got the point in their mind or the, 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 the way of life in their mind that has changed. They haven't become Christians yet. Christ hasn't died on the cross. The door to heaven has not been opened yet. They're still living in an Old Testament realm uh, before that crucifixion, and they're sitting out here in this Old Testament realm trying to put two and two together and get four, and Christ is trying to help them. We too, we too as the apostles or sitting in a realm that's dark. I mean, today it is just a dark, dark, dark world. Uh, you look at this world, and I tell you, it's getting darker and darker and darker. I, I got saved in 1980, and from 1980 to now, it's just unbelievable what I'm watching. Uh, and I can't even imagine older people who live beyond that watching what they're watching. There is, there is issues going on everywhere that you look. If you watch the news, for, I don't even want to watch the news for more than five or six minutes. Uh, because they're all talking about the same thing, and it just gets crazy. It, internationally, there's problems. Internationally, they're everywhere. Uh, it's not just Ukraine, like Brother, Brother Yoakum said that today. It's not. It's, you got it in Africa. You got it all over the place. They're just everywhere. If it's not problems, then they're going to say, hey, we got global warming, but it's getting cold. Ah, well, that's okay, but it's global warming, and we need to make everybody go to electric cars. And That way, if you go to electric cars, uh, we can all have electricity, but it's still going to take as much fossil fuels, if not more, to run all the electric stuff as it did before. So what really what they're telling you is they're just telling you uh, some, it's smoke and mirrors. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. 
They can't get rid of the stuff once they build it. I mean, the electric stuff is harder to get rid of. The gasoline engines, at least you can melt them down and make some more gasoline engines. I think that's a cool idea. I like gas. I don't have a problem with gas. I think everything should be gas. Uh, they should make it gas, bigger gas engines. Diesel's cool too. But electric's okay, okay, but it's, it's not what they crack it up to be. Uh, internationally, everybody's telling you it's this, it's this, and, and you, you start hearing a whole thing going on worldwide, and you kind of get lost in that because it's so big. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Then you go economically. You listen to the news for more than five or six minutes, and interest rates are going to go up, and you're not going to be able to buy houses no more, and, and you're going to go broke, and inflation's skyrocketing, and you're going to lose all your money. And, and if you're not going to get depressed about that, I don't know what you're going to get depressed about, uh, because that's going to hit your wallet. But you know what? He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. Don't you think Lord knew all this stuff was coming? And, and he's trying to teach us some things and, and show us things in our life. Uh, I've been saved for 43 years. Man, if I started writing a book about what he did from the day I got saved all the way through to right now, uh, that book would be this, this thick, man. I mean, it, I, it's just story after story after story where he was there, and I know he was there, and sometimes it took me years before I figured out that that was him, and then all of a sudden I realized was, that was him, and then I started watching him, and then I started hearing him, and then I realized what he was doing was saying, Mike, you need to listen to me. Not to anybody else. It is me you need to listen to and nobody else. You know what the world wants? They want you to listen to them. Whether it's some Baptist preacher out there, or a Methodist preacher, or a Presbyterian preacher, or some senator, or some president of the United States, they want you to listen to them and not God. That's what they want. The Holy Spirit says, don't do that. Listen to me. I made you your mind. Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in me, believe in God, believe also in me. I am God. I am the Father One. Then you get socially. Oh, man, the social stuff is unbelievable. Men don't know if they're men anymore. Women don't know if they're women. Little boys don't know if they're little boys, and little girls don't know if they're little girls, and school teachers can't tell the difference. And they're training them. I'm thinking, Lord, this world is crazy. He goes, man, you think it's crazy now? He said, as it was in the days of Noah. <laughs> he goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, there's going to be some strange things happen before all this stuff happens. You got to watch what you listen to and what you watch and what you see, because a lot of people will use key phrases, uh, and they'll try to, I'm a pre-trib, pre-millennial, I'm out of here, man. I mean, this thing is going to blow up. And I am not trying to get out of suffering. Uh, I've done a little bit of suffering myself over the last 43 years, and probably even before that. Uh, you look at the people that's in the Ukraine right now. They, they would almost feel like they're going through the tribulation right now. But that's just what happens in this world. That is not the tribulation. When he gets to the tribulation, that's going to look like sitting on the beach when that thing actually starts occurring. But yet you go over into Ukraine right now, that's the way they, they're going to feel that. Years ago, I went into Romania, and I went into their stores, and we're complaining now about no food or whatever on our shelves. I went into their malls, and there was nothing in their malls. You'd go up an escalator, and it would work, and it looked like the escalator was 700 years old. And you'd see glass cases all over in a mall with absolutely nothing in them. And, you, and those people lived like that, and you'd walk in their houses out. You'd, once you left the city, you walk outside. Lights go off at 10 o'clock at night and didn't come back on to 6 or 7 in the morning. Water went off. You either had everything done before 
9, 10, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever it was, or you didn't do nothing during the middle of the night. And, I'm, and in America, that, that would almost seem like the tribulation over there, total control. Yet over here, we have been so blessed with what we have at our fingertips. You want gas, you go down to the gas station and get gas. Some of those people didn't have that option. Some of them people didn't even have a car. They, didn't even, they couldn't even get into the conversation of electric versus gas. They had neither. And if they had electric, it would be sitting in their driveway forever. If they had a driveway, it would be sitting in their front yard. They wouldn't have no place to charge it because they didn't have no electricity. Socially, socially, our world has got to the place where it's starting to... They're, they're getting ready to put a lady in as the... Which it doesn't matter. They're going to put her in as Supreme Court... And she's all for uh, gay. She's all for everything. Socially, they're, they're socially engineering everything to where they're engineering God out of it. But the Lord said, let not your hearts be troubled. That stuff could darken you and, and blacken your day and put a big old rain cloud over your head. You got to forget about it. Morally, the world is shot. But there's still people getting saved. I know that he said, he said I came to seek and save that which was lost in Luke. I know he said that. Well, if he said that 2,000 years ago, then that still applies today. Spiritually, you look at people and it's like, Lord, what's wrong with them? I did, I did, a, uh, did some stuff with uh, John Wesley, was looking at that. And Wesley did a couple things. He was lost originally. And then he got saved uh, at a, one of the services one night from another church. It wasn't even a Methodist church. And he got saved. And when he got saved, his heart turned, everything turned. Uh, but John Wesley made a mistake. He started way back there when he was starting his churches and stuff, allowing women to preach in the churches and minister in the churches, which he should have never done. And that thing started carrying through. Ladies, I think you're the greatest thing since peanut butter. Don't, don't ever think I don't think you're great. I think you're great. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. But that still doesn't change God's rules and methods. We can't change those. But you see all that stuff going on. I, I was in a Methodist church with my dad one day, and this lady got up and preached, and I was like, what is going on, man? I don't know whether I'm a male chauvinist pig or what, but I just felt like totally out of place when she started talking. I don't know if that's normal for a man. I think it's normal for a man to do it, but we've been taught socially that that's not what we should be doing. We should just be, men should cower down. Men should cower down. Man, guys, I'm going to tell you what your job is. Your job is to take care of your wife. If God gives you a wife, your job is to take care of her. If you don't take care of her, you're messing up. Uh, you need to assume that position and that pl uh, place in life that God gives you. Ladies, you know what you are? You're a mother. You're a, you're, and if you have kids, if, if the Lord gives you kids, some, some can't. That's okay. But if, if the Lord will give you children, you know what you're doing is to rear them up. We're in a society today where you both may have to work. I got that. But you never have to lose that sight where who, who is responsible for doing what. Uh, I, I thank God that he gave me a job. I, I really do. I mean, he, he made me wait a long time. I was 32 years old before I met my wife. And I was set and ready to go before I ever got married. Yes, I wanted to get married before that. He, I just wanted to do what the Lord wanted to, and the Lord just never provided it. Spiritually today, though, people... People just aren't what they should be. And he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to get that way. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's that way yet. 
So before that great day comes of the tribulation, I still think there's like a, a period of time, a couple years, two and a half, almost three years of time before uh, Daniel, uh, Dan, in Daniel's 70 week, before the great tribulation starts, a part of Daniel's 70 week is still going to come and we're going to be out of here before that. And then this stuff is going to fall into place. And all, but the Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. The outlook is dark. Of course it is. But the outlook is glorious. Man, I got, I got something to look forward to. I like, I like my King James Bible. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know, most Bibles change that to rooms or abode. That makes me think I'm going to stop at, some, what is that, Hotel 8, uh, Motel 8 or whatever it is, or, or uh, Holiday Inn Express. Lord, I'm going to go to heaven. Lord's going, hey, you're in, you're in uh, Heaven Express over here, uh, room 72,365,000. Uh, the toilet don't work in there, but don't worry. <laughs> you don't need a toilet anyways. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 it's a mansion. It's a mansion. He says, I got you a mansion up there. He said, you believed in God. If you believed in God, do you really believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He goes on. David spake in Psalm Psalm 23 is one of your favorite psalms in the whole wide world. I love that psalm. Uh, when, when I read that thing, every time I read it, man, I'm just, it breaks my heart. A little short psalm. David was a man after God's own heart. God loved David to no end. David knew when he wrote this thing, and the Lord knew David too. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you want tonight? Are you looking for something more than what Jesus has to offer? I just want what Jesus has to offer. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. You get the thing, it's peace. It's, it's, it's like a sheep, a sheep. That's where the apostles are right now. They're, he's talking to them. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. He's treated them like a shepherd. He's, he was their shepherd. He was their master. He was their leader. He said, he leadeth me before, beside the still waters. And, and a, a good shepherd will always take care of his people and, and try to guide and direct them. He doesn't hit them with a stick and beat them. Uh, my dad used to beat the snot out of us all the time and and when he finally realized he was an alcoholic and he quit that thing, uh, he spent the rest of his life trying to make that up, trying to correct the mistake that he made. And uh, sometimes it's just hard to do, but he, he, he said, he leaded me beside still waters and, and he tries to get your soul to rest. And a lot of us, we've just rested. America, we've been resting, but the rest of the world has been in turmoil. Uh, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's like he said, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. David, David got that thing. He said, God will take care of me. God will take care of me for thou art, or thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd sometimes has to take a staff and he's got to hit you in the head with it. He's got to kick you on the side with it. He's got to get you to go his way. Uh, sometimes we just need that. And sometimes the Lord, our Lord and Savior does that to us, but that's okay. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be troubled. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. I have never wanted for any food for my whole life. As a matter of fact, I am now trying to get rid of the food I've been getting for my whole life. I, I, I say, Lord, did you give me my heart's desire, a white castle on every corner? I said, is that what my problem is? You know, over in, uh, in, when they left, they, he gave them quail till it came out their nose. <laughs> I've never had white castles come out my nose yet, but close, close. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, he has taken care of me in a, in a world of people that have tried to stop what I've done or what I wanted to do, which isn't much, but he, they, people try to stop it and they just can't do it. 
that anoints my head with the oil, my cup runneth over. I got a cup tonight, man, that's just flowing over. I mean, uh, Brother Combs sings a, a song, the cup's running over, you got a saucer, a saucer's full, after drinking it. I mean, it's just running over, man, just coming down and got it in the saucer. Now the saucer's all full, and, and it just keeps running over, and that's the Lord. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Trouble's coming. And you might as well get ready for it. There's just no way you can get out of it. Uh, but you don't have to worry about it. When David said those things, he, he was in an occasion. He knew what was coming. Uh, we have a promise in this passage that stands. Uh, I mean, it stands and stands and stands. The adversity, the, the, uh, the passage of time, it stands there. I will come again. It's at the very end of that, that passage we read. Let not your heart be troubled. He said, let, uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. You know, you never have to worry that Jesus Christ is going to renege on anything he said. He told you exactly what he's going to do. He said, he said let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I'd have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place... For you, I will come again. He's coming back one day. I like, I like the Lord. He said a couple things before. On the cross, he said it's finished. But that, was, that occurred in the past, and he's dead at his death. That's a past thing. That, that's a great, one of the greatest things in my life, because at the cross, he shed his blood at Calvary. And, and it says that that, that blood, and over in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says that if, uh, Christ died for our sins according to scriptures buried and rose again he shed his blood for my sins that I could save that's one of the greatest things but that's a past thing that's already said and done then the angel at the tomb said he's not here talking to, he's not here he's, who are you looking for he's not here he's risen that's a past thing too he's already up and gone but boy right here in John chapter 14 3 Christ gives us the assurance that he will come again for you no matter what this world does, no matter which way it goes, no matter what happens out there anywhere, I don't really care. You know what I got? I got Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm going to take care of you. It may get rough. If it does, that's okay. The text, I'd like to say this about the text. Three things, I'm done. You say, really? Yeah, it's only 7.02, man. We've only been here an hour. Number one, it's timely and wise, the statement. Let not your hearts be troubled. You know, a doubting, a doubting, fretful spirit takes the joy right out of you. Do you really believe Jesus Christ can take care of your every need and your problems? When you get up in the morning, do you say, Lord, what would you have me do today? You start doubting. When you start doubting, a doubting heart, man, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Troubles are going to come. And, and the Lord's sitting there trying to tell a bunch of men that was completely sheltered, really, basically, in a group uh, underneath him, and he watched that, and he had the power. I mean, he was up on the side of the mountain, and the, the waves were tossing and everything, and the boat was going up and down, and, and he was sitting there watching them out there, praying, and said, Lord, man, they ain't going to last much longer. I better get out there. So he goes walking on the water. I mean, he walks down the side of the mountain, do-do-do-do, right up to the beach, and right on the water, and out he goes. And he gets out there with, that's your Lord. At any given time, he could interject himself into your life and solve any problem that you have if he wanted to. If the problem, you know, sometimes the problem needs to be there so you can see who you are. Sometimes the thorn, I mean, just needs to go in 
and just push in and push in and push in so you'll know that, hey, I, I don't, you would think that by now they would, he mentioned that this morning, you'd think by now they would genetically engineer a rose with no thorns. Just as pretty as the other one, but they, I still haven't heard one yet. They all have thorns. Let not your heart be troubled. A troubled heart makes that which is bad worse. Most people, when they get into trouble, they'll start isolating themselves. And when they start isolating themselves, they get by themselves. And then that, you're, you're in the devil's realm at that point. Because now he can start interjecting things in your head. And they're just going to pile up and pile up and pile up and just make it worse. Let not your heart be troubled. A, tr a troubled heart is, the, is most, it's mostly it's just dishonorable to God. Because you're losing your faith and trust in him. I hate it when I hear somebody say, I don't know if I trust God anymore. I'm like, Lord, never let me get there. Never let me get there. I said, I don't care if you have to beat me senseless. I don't care if you have to whoop me all over the place. I don't care if you have to take everything. You say, would you? Yes, take everything I have to do. If you have to do that to my brother Job and you have to do that to me, then you do that to me to keep me right where you want me. That's what I want. I always feared getting stuff because I figured he was going to take it away. The advice that he gave in that text, he's giving you advice. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled. It's advice that he's giving us. He said, you believed in God, and here's the method, believe also in me. He said, I'm going to tell you some stuff. You've got to get to the place where you believe me, and I'll get you through what you're going through. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this. I'm, six, I'm going to be 65 years old this year, and I have watched just some crazy things over my lifetime, but he's got me here. I would have never thought I'd ever draw on a day of Social Security. <laughs> I mean, the way everybody was talking, it's gone. It's history. It's toast. I've already had it for how long? Two years? One year? It's not two. One is cool. I don't care if it's been 50. Yeah, two years. I've got Social Security for two years. I'm getting some of my money back. I never thought I'd ever get to a place where I could even, you know what? It's almost like being free. You work your whole life. And, uh, now, I'm not going to tell you, you know, you're going to have to work your whole life to get there. I'm not saying God's going to bless, but it did me in this case. I'm glad I'm here. I can take it. Can, all that stuff can end tomorrow. I mean, but you know what? I know the Lord will still take care of me. I've just watched him do everything and provide all the way down through there. When I see no way of him providing, and I just said, Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to do what's in front of me today. That's what I'm going to do. That's, that's what Peter, James, and John, and all these men were getting ready to start facing. They were getting ready to face a world without the Lord presently in their face doing stuff. Hey, have y'all have did y'all catch any fish last night? No. Cast over the right side. And they cast over there, and there's 153 fish in the net, and they had to drag them in. John goes, Hey, it's the Lord, man. Only the Lord could do that. And he looks back, and Peter jumps in the water and goes to the and he says, Feed my lambs. You know, the number one thing that a church should do is worry about the lambs. That's these guys right here. You know what the number one thing most people get mad at? All you care about is the youth. You know what the Lord said? The first thing he said to Peter, the first words out of his mouth, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter man said, so Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. Yeah, well, Peter, you didn't love me too much. You know what Peter was doing? The Lord is having mercy on him. The hardest thing we'll ever do as we grow older is not to get bitter because it's not about us anymore. I feel like I'm getting to the age right now where it's not going to be about me anymore. Well, it never has been about me. It's always been about the Lord, but they're going to set me off to the side shortly, and they're going to take over this. It's a young man's world. It's a young lady's world. When I was 22, it was my world. Now it's theirs. 
But yet it's a different world. You know what the Lord told me? He said, tell them, let not your, their heart be troubled. The advice given is practical. Have you ever thought about how practical that was? You'll get more accomplished in life if you refuse to lose it and be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. What? I know what I believe. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If I have to repeat that to myself every five seconds, then I'm going to repeat that to myself so I never forget it. Somebody's trying to talk to me, and I'll be going, what do you want? I'm going to just repeat that verse in my head over and over, over and over, over and over. If, I, if that's what i got to do to keep that thing fresh in my mind, I'm not going to let it go. If it couldn't be done, he wouldn't have told you not to do it. Let not your hearts be troubled. That means, guess what? I can, get, I, can, I can get to a place where my heart's not troubled. You got a troubled heart today? Have you done everything you can to overcome that troubled heart? He said you can do it. Let not your heart be troubled. That's, you can do it. That means I can do it. Well, how can you do it? You believed in God, believe also in me. You got to start thinking about, and he tempts you right in my father's house are many mansions. Why does he always go to the, we got to have stuff? Because we're, we're just a people that need stuff. When you get to heaven, will you really want to be in that mansion? I don't think I'd want no part of that mansion. I know it's there. Uh, it'll always be there. If you want to sublet it out to somebody else, go for it. Uh, I, I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of stuff out there to see that's going to take a long, long time to see it all. Uh, I'm going to have my bags packed and gone, man. I'm just going to be gone. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state uh, therewith I am content. That's Paul. I know both how to be a base, I know how to abound. Either way. Everywhere, everywhere, and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to, and to be hungry, uh, both to, be, to abound and to, and to suffer need. I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me. You know how you're going to do that? Through him. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Your heart troubled tonight? There's so much stuff in this world that will trouble you. There is so much stuff that will trouble you. The, the whole world will trouble you. Your kids can trouble you. Your, your husband can trouble you. Your wife can trouble you. Your mom and dad. My mom, I, she troubles me. Boy, you know what? I'd love to see my mom just send him say, hey, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And Mike, would you baptize me because I got saved and I believe in believer's baptism? Now, that would be too much, really. She's Roman Catholic, but boy, I, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past Jesus doing that. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, he, he might wait till, wait till the last minute, man, just before she's ready to head out of here. She's 90 years old. Uh, she's probably stubborn enough she's going to live 200 but I'm telling you, it wouldn't surprise me if one of these days she, she, she called me and she told me I was going to hell the other day. I was like, yeah, yeah, she bypassed purgatory right to hell, man. I said, that's cool. Uh, you don't see, I don't worry about that. Let not your heart be troubled. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get me in hell. You're not going to do it. I'm already in heaven. The only one that's going to put me in hell is, is the Lord. And if he does and I get up there and he does, he's right in what he's doing. But as far as I know right now, he ain't, there's just no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. It's impossible. It's a practical. It's timely and wise. Let not your heart be troubled. It's timely. Don't doubt it. Get to the place. Quit trying to figure out what's going to happen in the tribulation. Get your salvation down. 
Quit trying to figure out what the beast and the false prophet and all these other guys are going to be. Who cares? Get your, get your salvation down and your foundation secure where you can stand when a storm comes. And you can grow up and say, hey, I got it, man. And somebody can come to you and say, what about this? And you can tell them the basic things. That's what they're looking for. The smile on my face, man. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm saved. I like it the way Brother Yoakum. I mean, a guy in a wheelchair just is not right, man. I think I'm going to get me a wheelchair and just start going around in a wheelchair. First of all, I don't have to use my feet. My feet hurt. But a wheelchair, I mean, you get people's attention. Mike Hansen did that, man. That guy, he would sneak up on you in a wheelchair or his Cadillac. And then he would grab you and wouldn't let you go, which is terrible. Because you don't want to offend the guy because he just looks like an angel. He wasn't no angel. He'd look at you and he'd say, how come you ain't serving God? But he'd say this with, how come you're not serving God? He was an ex-Marine. He ain't, he's he's a terrible Marine. Terrible. And he would just sit there and look at you and hold your hand. And he'd have these little, I think his eyes were like cold, gray, dark. It was a blue, like bluish gray. What color was his eyes? They they would pierce you no matter what they were. What were they? Blue. Yeah, blue. Man, they'd pierce you. And it's like, let go, let go. You thought you had, Jesus had your hand. And then he'd let go. And then you'd get away and say, man, maybe I should go back and let him hold my hand again. <laughs> yeah, the advice is practical, man. It can be done. The Lord says I can do it. You know what, you know what the, the gives God the greatest glory is when a Christian goes through trials and tribulations and stands through it. Does the right thing. You know, some of the hardest things isn't trials, it's doing the right thing. Bob Jones said the littlest two words, the hardest two words in the English language is do right, do right, do right. The hardest thing is do right. But we just don't think we need to do right because we think we know and, and we let not your heart be troubled. Look, if the Lord said do it, he already, it can be done. The problem is you got to get to the place to do it. And you got to say, I'm going to do it, man. You started little baby steps and pretty soon you're out there running. His advice is precious to us all. Remember that the loving advice came from him. It wasn't Peter said it or James. And if they said it, and it's in the Bible, it's the Holy Spirit said it anyways. But it wasn't from origin or one of these guys. It was from Jesus Christ. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'm, I'm there with you, man. He said, I've sent the comforter back to help you. He goes, I didn't leave you comfortless. I did not leave you alone. You're there. You got to believe me. You got to believe me. You know what happens when you believe Christ? Then you won't want to offend the uh, Holy Spirit. You won't want to grieve him. You won't want to quench him. You want to keep him alive in your life. And when something comes along, you want to get that thing out as fast as you can get it out and, and get, it, get it right with him. And, and he gives you the verses over in 1 John. He does everything he can to get you. And these men are sitting there, and he tells them this stuff. And they're still, Thomas goes, how can we know the way? He says, you said I can know the way. You know you can know the way? Thomas says, how can we know the way? And, and Jesus says, Thomas. And then he goes on. And then he goes to the cross. And on the other side of that cross, you come up to Pentecost, and Peter gets it. And then he's, that's, he's on the path at that point. And Thomas and James, all them guys, they get on the path. And Philip and Stephen, Paul comes up out of through there, and they come through the path. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Brethren, this world is crazy. If you're one that listens to the news all day long and tries to keep up with everything that's going on, uh, you're going to choose sides, and I don't know which side to be on. I mean, I got to hand it to uh, Biden, he said the other day, if, if that's true. He said Putin needs to be taken out. That might be a true statement. That could start World War III. I don't know. You know, I, I heard somebody else say, yeah, if it starts World War III, I just hope the bomb drops right next to me. 
That way you just go out in, in a blaze of glory. That's it. You're gone. You know, brother, I don't have to worry about none of that. I've been out in the middle of the ocean on ships and Russian ships all around us. And their ships never impressed me one bit anyways. And I, I was on some junkers, man. And our junkers were better than their, their best. But I'm sitting there going, anything could happen at any given moment. And a war, just something could happen between two of those ships out of Russian and American. And the captain on our ship and the officers were always trying to do everything they could to not get us into a place where there's trouble. I don't know if the Russians were doing that on the same side over there, but, but in any way you look at this thing, we were, we were, anything could happen at any time. On the, It's just not about the Ukraine. That's just something the news is starting to put out. You know, it's there to trouble you. Satan is trying to trouble us. The more he troubles us, the less communications we have with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Are you troubled tonight? Man, I tell you what, I, I was sitting here, I was seeing this thing. I, love, I like my hymn book, man. My hymn book is probably one of the greatest things outside of my Bible. Pilgrim's Progress, my hymn book. If I had to go anywhere, I'd want this. He says there, $4.99, the song is, the, I have a home beyond the river. Oh, the blessed contemplation. He says, man, it's a, I'm thinking about it. The songwriter of this thing, uh, wrote this thing, 1921, it says, says, oh, the blessed contemplation, when with trouble, here I sigh. I've got problems going on. But I'm going to think about, I have a home beyond the river that I'll enter by and by. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but I'm not going to let this world take that way, thing away from me. Just a little more to labor. I don't know how much longer it's going to be. I wish I knew. Like Brother Yoakum said this morning, it's tomorrow. You know, tomorrow never comes. So it ain't tomorrow, it's, it's, it's later on tonight. Uh, and if it's not tonight, it'll be tomorrow night. It'll be, when the day starts, I'm hoping it'll be the next, that night somewhere. He says, tell, tell the story, watch and pray. You know what? Your heart, when you get in trouble, then you're not going to want to tell somebody else that precious story. And you know what the best thing you could ever do in life is tell somebody, man, these little gospel tracts, these are some of the greatest things in the whole world. I got, I got friends that say, oh, this thing is, they say repent in the back of this. And, and, and so I've watched more people, I mean thousands, get saved with these things. Now, I mean really saved. I really, really saved. I've watched kids on a ship. They would take these things, and, and I'd have a, that track rack, and I, they'd have a stack of tracks, chick tracks that high in their locker, and they were all different ones. So I'd get a whole bunch of them. And I had a track rack with 24 on it. And I could go up to that track rack, man. I could, I could, their, their locker, they'd open their locker, and they'd say, and I'd go like this, I'd say, and I'd just show them the cover, and they'd tell me that whole story without cracking that cover. That's how many times they read that thing. You go after kid after kid after kid on that ship. They all had stacks of tracks in their lockers. And people say, oh, these, you know what that is? You got a troubled heart. Let not your heart be troubled. You know what will keep you from passing one of those out? I was over at Brother Jerry's house the other day. And we're sitting there putting logs on it. These two little kids walk by. And they're going to go play soccer, man. I said, hey, you guys. I said, y'all like comic books? And they go, yeah, Jerry. He goes, I said, y'all, yeah, we like comic books. I run back to my truck and I couldn't find any for a minute. And then I found two. Greatest story ever told. I went and gave them, each one of them kids one of them tracks. I said, my name's on back. Call me if you need. And they walked away. They say these things get read five or six times, sometimes ten times before they get destroyed. You know, those two little kids could have went to the soccer game they were going to go play and read it and threw it off to the side. Somebody else pick it up. And they threw it off the side and pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. You know what will keep you from doing stuff like this? 
Let not, let not your heart be troubled. Because you start worrying about the troubles of the world, you're not going to solve them. There's no way you can solve them. There's no way I'm going to solve them. The only person who's going to solve those things is Jesus Christ when he comes back. But I'm, I'm like Brother Yoakum, man. I tell you what, if Lord, you could come back tomorrow, I'd be fine. But there's some people that still aren't saved yet. So Lord, I want to leave that into your hands. What I need to do is let not my heart be troubled. You said I could do it. You said I have the ability to do it. I have the ability. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. I have the ability to keep my heart. He said the greatest two commandments was, and I'll stop right here, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, with all thy soul, and love thy neighbor as itself. You know, you know what the number one thing you ought to do is try to love God. Love Jesus. Forget about the rest of this stuff. Just learn how to love him. And get your heart set on him to where it's not troubled. Because there, I believe there's going to be some troublesome, trouble, troublesome times coming in our lives, all of us. America has been shielded from this stuff. And you can thank the Lord for that. But there's going to come a day when America is not going to be shielded. You hear people say, now I go and I heard somebody today say, I used to go to this. I was down at Kroger's and the guy was talking right in front of me in the line. He was talking. He said, I used to go over here to this store, but when I go there, all the shelves are empty. It's coming to a store near you. You say, I don't want to hear that. The Lord said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I have a home beyond the river. That's where my home is. That's where my home is. And I'm on my way there. We got a, 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 young, a young man and his father here tonight, a father and his son. And they come up, y'all come up from Florida, right? North Florida. And they come up here to do a job over in Columbus and they're sitting in church tonight. Their home isn't here. Their home is down in Florida, correct? But they're up here today getting something, hopefully. And they'll go away and they'll say, but our home isn't here. It's really out there. And the Lord's going to take us out of here one day. And he says, don't let it bother you, man. Don't let this stuff bother you out there. You know what you do? You wake up in the morning. You do what you got to do tomorrow, as a servant would to his master. Just do everything you can. If you see something go wrong, fix it if you can. If not, get somebody else. Somebody came up to me a little while ago and said, well, the furnace back there in the, in the room is John Napier. I'll say John Napier because y'all might be wondering who that was. I'll tell you, John Napier. I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, well, why don't you stink and fix it, man? You're a Mr. Appliance guy. He goes, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you to fix it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I said, what are you trying to tell me? Let not your hearts be troubled. <laughs> so let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You believe in God. You believe in God. You believe in God. It's like a skipped record, man. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Because really, that's the only thing that will get me through this thing. It's the only thing that will get you through is Jesus. And it's the only thing going to get a lost person in. Talking about Trump not winning or winning isn't going to help him. And there was a fixed race, ain't going to help matters any at all. Who cares? I don't really care at all, man, as long as I get my Social Security check. <laughs> Are you troubled tonight? I'm going to tell you how to get out of it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Jesus. Are you saved in here tonight? If you're saved and you know it, then get that thing settled. Don't worry about all that other stuff. That, if, if you got the stuff settled and, and you can go out and learn all that stuff, uh, you can take Dr. Peacock's school and, and get all you want. But get the foundational stuff down first and, and serve Jesus. That's what he was trying to get his disciples. Hey, guys, I'm going to leave, and you're still going to have to serve me because guess what? A couple thousand years after, there's a boy named Mike, and he's going to be sitting on the back porch, and he's going to need to hear about me. 
And if you guys don't get it, he won't either. And everybody between me and them. And those, those 11 men, plus another one, and Paul and Barnabas and a couple others, and Priscilla and Aquila and a few others in there, they started doing what they were supposed to do, and, and here we are today. You know what that was? They got it. No matter, I love Peter, man. He's in jail. He goes, whether it be good to say or not to say, I'm going to paraphrase it. He told him, he said, I don't care. He said, if you tell me I can't talk about Jesus, I'm going to just keep talking about Jesus. I ain't going to stop. And what we got to do is get to the place where the Lord is so much in our lives that no matter what happens, we do what the, we don't go out to cause trouble, but we do what the Lord tells us to do. And we, we live a testimony in this world that's before this world that when we talk to them, we'll have, the Holy Spirit can come through us and get to them, and you can see souls get saved. It's a blessing, man. There's a young man back here got saved, been saved, come, someone talked to me yesterday. About something. The first thing he said is, how can I talk to God? How do I know I can talk to God? How can I know that? You know what you're supposed to do? Have the answer for him. Did I give you the answer? Did it help you at all? There you go. Look at that, man. You know what you do? You got to be able to do it first before you can tell somebody else how to do it. It's not. This is what I told him. Come and see me whenever you're wanting to talk to God, and I'll tell you exactly what to do. <laughs> Isn't that what I told you? Not at all. Oh, amen. <laughs> I know if you need a green car or pink, if you need to color the car, you need to drive. Come and tell me, and I'll tell you exactly what color car. That's between you and you. Yeah. Man, you wouldn't like the colors of that stuff. I got a green pickup truck, man. Paul Philpot, I thought he was going to throw up. He hates green. I don't know why. Green's cool, man. Alex liked it. I have a home beyond the river. You know what he said? Let not your hearts be troubled. He said, guys, that's a promise. He said, I'm, I'm giving you some advice. Heed my advice. If you got a troubled heart, there's an altar up here tonight. Adam, Adam, you still here? Yeah, you got a song? I'll let you come on up. Father, thank you for your many blessings tonight. I know it's a little bit different of a message, Lord, but Lord, there may be some troubled hearts in here tonight. And Lord, you said, let not our hearts be troubled. Lord, what a blessing is you've always given us a way. There's always been a way, uh, Lord, that we can achieve what you tell us to achieve. And Lord, though I have to live in the world, you said I'm in the world but not of it, I still have to keep my heart and my thoughts and, and, and my, my intentions just as clear as I can. And Lord, I want to be able to serve you until the day you get me out of here. Lord, I just really want to serve you. And Lord, I know my brothers and sisters, I want them to serve you too. I want us all to serve you as a, as a team, as a group. And Lord, there's just a lot of people in this world that need to hear uh, the gospel from somebody, Lord, that is not troubled. It's a troublesome world, Lord. And and there's fear on every side, and people are afraid of everything that's happening. And it's never been this way in our country before, Lord, and now it's starting to creep into our country. Uh, but, Lord, uh, you're still the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and, Lord, you can do whatever you want. And, Lord, sometimes you bring things into our lives, but uh, we still don't have to have a troubled heart. Help us to keep from being troubled. Help us to keep our hearts before you, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen.